Welcome to the Insights at ACR 2020 series, brought to you by the Cytokine Signaling Forum, where authors reviewed their Congress posters and presentations on cytokine signaling and JAK inhibitors. My name is Professor Chris Edwards from the University Hospital Southampton in the UK. This edition focuses on the latest efficacy and safety data on JAK inhibitors and features presentations from Professors Kevin Winthrop, René Vestovens, Stanley Cohen and Ernest Choi. In the first presentation, Professor Winthrop presents the 8.4-year safety data for baricitinib in RA. Hi, it's Dr. Kevin Winthrop. I'm a professor of infectious diseases and public health here at Oregon Health Science University in Portland, Oregon. On behalf of my co-authors, I'm pleased to be presenting uh, the safety profile of baricitinib for the treatment of RA up to 8.4 years, an updated integrated safety analysis. Uh, the point of this presentation was, was just that. It was to update our prior ISS or integrated safety uh, summary and now using data in, in patients that have been exposed to Barry for up to 8.4 years of treatment. This represents uh, the integration of safety data from all Barry RA studies including one phase one, three phase two, and five phase three studies plus long-term extension studies. We looked at adverse events of special interest. We calculated instance rates per 100 patient years around uh, or for those specific events. In terms of baricitinib exposure, we have a maximum of 8.4 years of exposure uh, and a median of 4.2 years of exposure for patients in this uh, experience. In terms of uh, the demographics and baseline variables of these patients, it was very, they've been presented before. The population was very characteristic of an RA population. In terms of adverse events of special interest, I'll just march through them here. Uh, serious infections over time, you can see the overall rate uh, over time is 2.7 per 100 patient years. Of course, the longer we go calculating this, the, follow, the longer we follow people out, the overall rate will continue to drop. Uh, and, and we see that in all, in all programs. Um, but what's important here to note is the rate does not go up. It, it stays the same or slightly diminishes with time. And that's what we'd expect with um, a kind of uh, depletion of susceptibles or survival of, uh, of those tolerating the drug uh, in, in these type of analyses. So we see what we'd expect to see. And the overall rate is uh, 2.7 per 100 patient years and similar to what we see with other uh, compounds. Uh, serious infections by age group. I think this was important to do. Much has been talked about in, regard, in regards to higher rates with uh, elderly individuals uh, recently. Uh, we, um, we see here just what we see with really RA in general and any other compound. Um, we see higher rates for patients uh, who are older than 65 years old, and we see that in placebo, and we see that also in uh, the buried four milligram group and that's in the zero to 24 week data. We also see it in the all exposure data where the rate was 4.8 for uh, elderly patients as compared to 2.1 for those younger than age 65. So again, something we see across the board, age is certainly uh, a, uh, a very important risk factor for serious infection. The herpes zoster data uh, rates also uh, are flat with time or, or go down slightly with time. Overall, the rate is 3.0 per 100 patient years. The malignancy data we also uh, present here, but, but given the long time period of analysis, we also age adjusted uh, these rates and uh, 
as the, this population is aging, obviously the, the risk is changing or it's going up with time. So if you look at the age adjusted data, uh, the rates uh, are relatively flat and uh, they're relatively uh, where we would expect them uh, to be. Uh, overall, the rate was 0.9 per 100 patient years for malignancy, excluding NMSC. When you looked at the NMSC data, again, the rate overall is 0.3 per 100 patient years, and it's relatively flat over time. MACE, there's really no story with MACE here. The DVT rate, uh, the story is that uh, the rate that is seen initially uh, is largely the rate that has seen uh, throughout the study time period. Uh, overall, the rate's 0.5 per 100 patient years, and uh, it stays uh, relatively the same uh, over um, the ensuing uh, exposure time periods. The DVT, or PE, uh, by last dose before the event, uh, we also analyzed uh, it this way, um, splitting people up into two groups, the Everon Berry two milligram group and the Everon Berry four milligram group. Again, we see fairly uh, similar instance rates here and no um, suggestion of a dose effect anyway. So in conclusion, uh, this is an updated ISS for baricidinib uh, reporting uh, on patients with exposures up to 8.4 years. Uh, the rates of serious infection were uh, comparable between placebo and baricidinib groups regardless of age. Although I mentioned patients who are older have higher rates of infection, uh, really no matter what drug they're on. Uh, as for the other events, uh, VTE events, uh, rates stay stable over time. Uh, and uh, there isn't the appearance of a dose effect, at least in the analysis uh, done to date. And um, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this presentation. Thanks very much. Staying with Professor Winthrop, we now turn our attention to the five and a half year safety data for filgotinib in RA. I'm a professor of infectious diseases and public health here at Oregon Health Science University in Portland, Oregon. I'm pleased on behalf of my co-authors to be presenting the integrated safety assessment of filgotinib in the treatment of RA with exposure up to 5.5 years. Um, very briefly, this was very typical developmental program for, our, for an RA compound. Um, uh, patients' uh, data was pooled from phase three and two studies, as well as various long-term extension studies. We calculated instance rates per 100 patient years for adverse events of special interest. We had really two uh, analyses that we present here. One is the overall as-treated analysis, which uh, adds up exposure time to uh, either a filgotinib 100 milligram per day or 200 milligram once daily exposure group. And then we also present the data from the placebo control trial periods of up to 12 weeks of exposure. So the exposure groups are placebo 100 and 200 milligrams daily of filgotinib. Uh, in terms of adverse events of special interest, uh, again, we calculated instance rates per 100 patient years. Uh, table uh, on our baseline demographics and characteristics, you can see here that uh, the program consisted of a population of RA patients, very similar or characteristic of RA in general. Um, the mean age was uh, in the 50s for each exposure group. The majority of patients were female, about 80%. Uh, you can see importantly in terms of background corticosteroid use and methotrexate use, 
With regards to corticosteroids, about a third of the patients were on corticosteroids, 38% roughly in each group. And these were doses below 10 milligrams uh, per day. And in terms of methotrexate use, almost everyone, about 80, uh, 88%, almost 90% of people uh, were on background methotrexate. In terms of uh, results of interest, with regards to SAEs, you can see in the first 12-week period, the SAE rate was very similar between the groups. Uh, uh, the same can be said between the 100 and 200 milligram daily dosing group in a long-term as treated analysis. In terms of deaths, again, you see similarly uh, a very um, the same number of deaths and rate of death between the exposure groups in the first 12 weeks uh, and as well between uh, the two dosing groups in the long-term as treated analysis. Um, in terms of AEs of special interest, uh, of course, I've, I've focused on the infectious AEs quite a bit and I found something interesting here uh, and that when you look at serious infections, you, you actually see that the, the risk of serious infections in the long-term as treated analysis was greater with 100 than it was 200. Uh, and actually the, the confidence intervals here uh, don't overlap or they just narrowly do so. They're right about um, statistically different. Uh, so the rate with 100 milligrams was 3.1 per 100 patient years. For 200, it was 1.6 patient years. So again, um, it's a little surprising, no, no suggestion of a dose effect here and that it's the opposite of what we'd expect. Uh, this is probably um, just a fluke in terms of low numbers events and low numbers in general, or there's really not a risk difference between the two in regards to infection, as at least serious infection. Uh, in terms of the first 12 weeks, we saw slightly higher numbers of patients with serious infections in the Filgotinib groups as compared to placebo. Um, and you can see the, the uh, percents there, 1.9 and then 0.6% for placebo. In terms of MACE, uh, there's nothing going on here. Very low rates, very similar between the dosing groups. Herpes zoster, there might be something going on here. We do know there is with the other JAKs. Uh, you see actually a reverse to the serious infection. You see slightly higher rates of herpes zoster with the 200 milligram dosing group as compared to the 100 milligram dosing group in the long term as treated analysis. Those rates are 1.8 per 100 patient years with FOGO 200 and 1.1 per 100 patient years with FOGO 100. VTE, of course, is of special interest. Um, we don't really see a signal here. I mean, there's very few events. Uh, you can see in the first 12 weeks there were no events. Uh, in the long-term as treated data, there's uh, very few events and the incidence rates are quite low between uh, both of the FOGO dosing groups. Uh, malignancy in terms of uh, both malignancy excluding NMSC as well as NMSC in general, again, you see very low rates, uh, very similar rates between dosing groups. GI perfs, uh, that has you know, not really been something we've seen uh, with, with the JAKs to date. Uh, as compared to other uh, products or biologics such as IL-6 uh, inhibitors. Uh, but the rates with JAK inhibitors have been low and, and this one is no different. We see very, very few uh, cases of GI perforations uh, here in the long-term data. So in conclusion, overall flugotinib uh, appeared to be well tolerated. Uh, its safety, uh, I would say, was, was quite good. And it was similar to other JAK inhibitors with regards to the rate of serious infections. 
Um, we didn't really see a dose response in infections uh, with, with regards to serious infection. In fact, we saw the opposite trend there as we did with herpes zoster, where we saw a slightly higher in increased um, incidence with the 200 as compared to 100. Um, overall, though, those numbers are uh, fairly low compared to other development programs for, for RA involving JAK inhibitors. Uh, the reasons for that, we don't know yet. It, it's possible this drug causes less zoster, but it's also possible it's a diff diff different group of people in the study in a different time period. So we'll just have to see how this plays out, uh, particularly in the real world. Now, other events of note, again, the VTE, uh, the number of events was very low uh, and similar between groups. And so, um, you know, even in patients with exposure up to 5.5 years, we see uh, a um, jack inhibitor with um, a good safety profile. And um, uh, I look forward to uh, evaluating further in the future. Thank you. Our next presentation is from Professor Stanley Cohen, who will present the three-year safety data for upadacitinib in RA. At this year's ACR Convergence uh, 2020 meeting, uh, we presented uh, a poster uh, on the safety profile of upadacitinib for up to three years follow-up. This data came from the clinical uh, development program that led to the registration of upadacitinib throughout the world. And there were five uh, phase three uh, protocols, typical design, an early rheumatoid arthritis, DMAR naive, in patients who are methotrexate or conventional synthetic DMAR incomplete responders, or in patients who were biologic incomplete responders. The studies included methotrexate as an active comparator, and also included adalimumab plus methotrexate as an active comparator in one study. There were 2,629 patients on upadacitinib, 15 milligrams daily, the approved dose, and 1,204 patients who received 30 milligrams, milligrams of upadacitinib, which is the not, not approved dose at this time. So we had about 4,500 patient years in the 15 milligram uh, group and uh, 2,300 patient years in the 30 uh, milligram group. As you would expect in the program, looking at patients with moderate to high disease activity, RA, uh, these patients had roughly 2.6 in the early RA trial to seven years of disease, had uh, elevated disease activity with a DAS-28 CRP uh, in the 5.2 to 5.9 range. Um, about a third or 40% of the patients had cardiovascular risk factors. About 8% or so had uh, diabetes mellitus, and uh, about uh, 38 to 40% had history of smoking history or nicotine exposure. And in general, what the study demonstrated was that upadacitinib 15 milligrams uh, with or without methotrexate had comparable safety to adalimumab uh, plus methotrexate or methotrexate alone. Uh, the 30 milligram dose uh, had a higher risk of adverse events total, total adverse events, higher risk of serious adverse events, and adverse events leading to discontinuation. So the studies demonstrated there was a very little difference between 15 and 30 milligrams as far as efficacy and with this differential toxicity, uh, the 30 milligram dose uh, uh, was not uh, moved forward uh, for approval. Uh, when you take a look at the adverse events of special interest in the JAK inhibitor group, serious infections, there was no difference between the 15 milligram upadacitinib and methotrexate or adalimumab plus methotrexate, but a higher risk with upadacitinib 30 milligrams, 5.7 events per 100 patient years, compared to adalimumab uh, 3.9 and methotrexate 3.1. Zoster, herpes zoster was increased for both groups, as we've seen with all JAK inhibitors, 15 milligrams and 30 milligrams, 
but almost a doubling of the risk with the 30 milligram dose. Major adverse uh, cardiovascular events were no different for both doses of bupatacitinib or the other comparators. Malignancy, there was no difference. Uh, death rate, there was no difference. Liver function abnormalities, there was no difference. Paraprogenistic infection, which most were just mucosal candidiasis, there was a trend toward a higher risk with the 30 milligram bupatacitinib group. Um, there was no difference as far as the risk of uh, active or latent TB. And then importantly, no difference in the risk of VTEs, which are in the range of 0.3 to 0.5 per 100 patient years. Elevated CPKs were seen with upadacidinib and have been seen with other JAK inhibitors, were generally asymptomatic, very few people withdrew due to this. But the 30 milligram dose uh, had a much higher risk of CPK elevation, 9.7 events per 100 patient years, compared to 5.1 for the 15 milligram dose, and only 2 to 2.4 per 100 patient years for the comparators of uh, adalimumab plus methotrexate and methotrexate uh, alone. So uh, this is comforting data for the approved dose of bupatacidinib, 15 milligrams, comparable to other JAK inhibitors. The zoster signal persists even for the 15 milligram dose, the CPK signal to some degree, but otherwise no real difference from the biologic DMARDs, which we've had available now uh, for 22 years. The risk of venous thromboembolism, or, or VTE, in patients with RA is a hot topic at ACR this year. Our next presentation from Professor Ernest Choi delves into the risk of VTE in patients enrolled in the Upadacitinib clinical trial program. Uh, I'm Ernest Choi. I'm Professor of Rheumatology at Cardiff University, and it's my pleasure to present to you the uh, abstract and poster incidence and risk of venous thrombosis events amongst patients with rheumatoid arthritis enrolled in the Upadisinib Select Clinical Trial Program. Upadisinib is a recently approved uh, JAK1 selective uh, inhibitor for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, venous thrombosis has been a concern related to JAK uh, inhibitors, uh, so the purpose of this uh, abstract and poster is to analyze the venous thrombosis event in patients who have been enrolled in five randomized phase three trial of upadisinib, and these include select early, select next, select monotherapy, select compare, and select beyond. And this cover a wide range of patients uh, with uh, rheumatoid uh, arthritis. Uh, these analysis uh, uh, included uh, thousands of patients enrolled into this program and also in the extended follow-up of these uh, randomized control trial. Uh, and we also included data uh, in the comparison group, methotrexate monotherapy, and in some studies, uh, methotrexate plus adalimumab. And in these trials, two doses of upadisinib was used, 15 and 30 milligrams once a day. Now, overall, there are 35 uh, venous thrombosis event. There were slightly more uh, primary emboli uh, compared with uh, DVTs. There were 21 events in 20 patients treated with 15 milligrams of upadisinib eight events in seven patients treated with 30 milligrams of upadisinib, two in two in patients treated with methotrexate, and four in four uh, in patients treated uh, with methotrexate and adalimumab. 
if we look at uh, the emergence adverse event rate uh, of these treatment event rate were very similar uh, with 0.5 in the upadesinib 50 milligrams once a day group, 0.3 in the upadesinib 30 milligram once a day group, uh, 0.4 in the methotrexate monotherapy group, and 0.5 in the methotrexate and adalimumab group. And the Kaplan-Meier uh, estimate did not show any time dependency in this event. If we look at risk factors that are associated with uh, venous thrombosis event, this risk factor included older age, have a higher body mass index, uh, have a previous history of venous thrombosis, and a longer duration uh, of rheumatoid arthritis. So this analysis suggested that venous uh, thrombosis event uh, are uncommon uh, in the Uttadisna clinical trial program. Uh, in this program, there was no indication of higher event rate associated with upadisinib compared with methotrexate monotherapy or adalimumab treatment, although the study is not powered to detect a difference between these uh, treatments. Uh, the risk factor uh, associated with venous thrombosis, the strongest is previous uh, history of venous thrombosis, uh, but other risk factor included older age and a higher body mass index and a longer duration uh, of RA. Thank you very much for your attention. Our final presentation features Professor René Vesthovens, who summarizes 52-week efficacy and safety data in a methotrexate-naive population receiving the latest JAK inhibitor to gain approval, filgotinib. Ladies and gentlemen, dear colleagues, I'm René Westovus from Meritus Professor Rheumatology at the KE Leuven in Belgium. I would like to discuss with you the poster on the 52-weeks filgotinib data of Finch 3, which is actually a filgotinib, so selective JAK1 inhibitor, in uh, early uh, DMARC-naive uh, rheumatoid arthritis patients. Filgotinib is an oral uh, potent selective or perhaps better preferential JAK1 inhibitor that is already effective uh, and well tolerated in patients with rheumatoid arthritis as shown by previous publications in a situation with prior inadequate response to methotrexate, uh, Finch-1, uh, and also in patients with biological disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drug exposure, previously FINCH2. This trial, FINCH3, compares the efficacy and safety of filgotinib with and also without methotrexate, so also with filgotinib monotherapy, and this in methotrexate-naive patients, versus methotrexate monotherapy as the control arm. So it's an active controlled trial. Um, the results uh, were clear that filgotinib 200 milligram and methotrexate was superior to methotrexate monotherapy uh, for the primary outcome that was already previously uh, discussed. Um, and this at week 24. This was presented at the American College of Rheumatology last year. And um, so this uh, abstract here is all about the 52 weeks data. To summarize, at week 24, so the primary data, patients receiving filgotinib 200 milligram or 100 milligram with methotrexate achieved greater improvement also in change from baseline in HAC-DI and also DAS-28 less than 2.6 versus methotrexate monotherapy. And of course, the primary outcome uh, 
uh, was ACR20, and this was met with the Filgotrip 200 milligram plus methotrexate arm. So this analysis presents 52 weeks results from fringe uh, three. Uh, first of all, I would like to discuss with you some study design and patient uh, situations. So this global phase three trial is double blind, active controlled and randomized methotrexate naive patients with active RA in a 2112 uh, randomization schedule to oral filgotinib 200 milligram once daily plus methotrexate, filgotinib 100 milligram plus methotrexate, filgotinib monotherapy 200 milligram monotherapy or methotrexate monotherapy up to 20 milligram weekly. Um, so these patients that were uh, contributing here were enriched for poor prognostic factors. That means one of the outcomes was X-ray, so that's the reason they were enriched for uh, poor prognostic factors. It means already erosions, rheumatoid factor or CCP positivity, and high inflammation. So um, to note is that these are 52 weeks, so the primary outcome was at 24, and patients that did not succeed in improving 20% in swollen joint counts and tender joint counts at week 24 or between week 30 and 52 were out, uh, went out of the trial and were uh, put on standard of care. So they were not actively treated. So um, statistical analysis of, of note is that in the uh, previous primary outcome uh, presentations, we had a very strict hierarchical scheme and controlling for type one error. So uh, controlling for multiple evaluations. Here, uh, there's no adjustment for uh, multiple comparisons, so we report nominal p-values. Overall, uh, 1,250 patients were randomized, including, and this is important, 10% of Eastern Asia, about 5% from Japan. They were all classical active RA patients at baseline, and of note was that the mean methotrexate dose at uh, 24 weeks was uh, more than 18 milligram weekly, uh, more than 80 milligram weekly in the whole arms. So the ACR responses, so there was already statistical significance at week 24 for the ACR 20, and also uh, ACR 50 and 70 were statistically significant, of course, at week 24 and continued uh, to be. Uh, statistically significant up till 52 weeks. Um, of note is also that the higher proportion of patients achieving ACR 50 and 70 was already seen at uh, two weeks, uh, statistically significant different to methotrexate. Also physical function response is important. At week 52, there was a greater reduction in HAC-DI from baseline for patients receiving filgotinib versus methotrexate, so all filgotinib arms. For disease activity states, we note that the rates of DAS28 less than 2.6, so-called remission at week 24, was 54% for patients receiving filgotinib 200 milligram plus methotrexate, 43 for 100 milligram plus methotrexate, and 42% for patients receiving filgotinib monotherapy, and this versus 29% for patients receiving methotrexate. All these results were sustained until week 52. So we had also very important remission rates, uh, statistical significant difference, so as well CDI, SDI, and bulin remissions achieved nice proportions of remission compared to methotrexate. Uh, 
And of course, there was less radiographic progression also at week 52 in patients with patients receiving filgotinib versus the methotrexate monotherapy arm. And then, of course, very important is safety aspects. Overall, the rates of treatment immersion to adverse events and serious adverse events in the filgotinib groups were comparable with methotrexate, so there was no dose dependency. Risk of infections and serious infections was similar in patients treated with filgotinib and methotrexate. Only three opportunistic infections were reported. And overall, very important, I think, for this class of drugs, herpesoster rates were very low and similar for filgotinib and methotrexate. Also important for side effects, there were no thromboembolic events uh, in patients receiving, receiving filgotinib. Um, there were two adjugated deep vein thrombosis occurring in patients receiving methotrexate, so not in the filgotinib arms, or major cardiovascular events were comparable across treatment groups. For lab events, we note uh, some more decrease in hemoglobin in methotrexate only uh, due to anemia to, of uh, inflammation and some uh, more low-grade liver enzymes in all methotrexate arms, so not in the filgotinib monotherapy arm. Just uh, to summarize here, uh, through week 52, filgotinib as well, 200 milligram and 100 milligram with methotrexate, but also filgotinib 200 milligram monotherapy, uh, as well, of course, the methotrexate monotherapy arm showed uh, sustained efficacy based on the clinical responses, physical function, and radiographic progression. And of course, the methotrexate monotherapy arm was had a very slower um, uh, time to um, improvement. Although filgotinib 200 milligram monotherapy did not achieve the primary endpoint ACR20 at week 24, very clean, clinical meaningful improvements were seen uh, compared to methotrexate for ACR50, 70, and also the remission outcomes, Boolean, CDI, and SDI, which I think is very reassuring and important. Um, there were no new safety signals detected, and I think of specific interest is that there were low rates of herpes zoster, almost no uh, in, the, in this huge trial of 1,250 patients, almost no uh, venous thrombotic events. And really important is I think that there was no clear dose dependency detected for filgotinib 200 versus 100 concerning the uh, uh, side effects. So I think this is nice data and we hope to see uh, this drug soon on the market. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of Insights at ACR 2020. Make sure to subscribe to the CSF podcast channel on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from, so you don't miss out on our other ACR 2020 content, like our condensed daily highlights of the ACR Congress. If you found this informative, why not listen to our regular podcasts, which include author interviews and a monthly review of the latest cytokine signaling papers, hosted by the CSF chairman, Professor Ian McInnes. You can also visit cytokinesignaling.com for access to a wide range of free educational resources, including monthly slide summaries of the latest papers and accredited CME courses.